talk about revolution that's going a little bit too far. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Hello, and welcome once again to More Like the Worst Wing, the show where here in 2022, we look back on Aaron Sorkin's seminal television classic, The West Wing, from a bit more leftist, socialist perspective. I am Stu. And I am Dave. And holy shit, this week's episode. Whoo boy. So, for some Entitled context. 90 Miles Away, if that doesn't already give away the topic uh, of the episode. So, for some context, this is also the lowest rated episode of the show on IMDb. According to IMDb, it's got like a pathetic 7.6 and everything else is like 8.0 and up. Of like course. it is stand out the fan least favorite for I'm assuming the wrong reasons maybe but it is <laughs> really either, bad. Either way, it feels like a cheap episode in in many ways uh as as we'll Ugh. discuss. So yeah, this episode is all about Cuba. Uh, which is the what the 90 miles away refers to. I've actually been to Key West and been to the little marker that says, like, hey, 90 miles from here is Cuba. I've um, been to Cuba, so if you want to well, talk about Cuba, we can talk about Cuba. Well, then, we will be, well, we will certainly be talking about Cuba. <laughs> uh, as, yeah, this episode is all about it. Uh, basically, the big political goal of this episode is for Bartlett to reestablish some sort of talk slash breaking of the embargo with Cuba and actually uh, began engaging in diplomacy again with them, uh, which the United States has not done since the 60s. Uh, although in the real world, we did break the embargo somewhat semi-recently, right? In like the last five years? Yeah, it was like 2014. There was some sort of rapprochement. Uh, earlier with, than that. Okay. With the um, with the Obama administration, because six years ago yeah. was when Trump was in office. Right. <laughs> My, the uh, time do fly. Yeah, so uh, the show actually a little bit uh, ahead of its time here in, mm-hmm. in predicting this particular turn of events, uh, though by no means am I giving credit to this particular episode for being ahead of its time in, in any other way, uh, because its views of Cuba are just sort of the most stereotypical, uh, you know, Fidel, Fidel bad, Fidel dictator, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and they even give us a fake Fidel in the episode. Holy shit. So I, I would like to say that the idea of the episode and the need for normalization of relationships with Cuba is good, is, good. is yes. unmitigated good because Cuba rules, they have defied every bit of the international neoliberal order after the revolution they have somehow persevered to do amazing things for their population um basically keep rules one, and one everybody of the best health awesome. outcomes in the world way better than ours and, and this ways. is and imagine what they could have accomplished with like access to with help yes actual resources <laughs> with, with without us trying to launch a coup every you know yeah, whenever we fucking whenever we feel like it basically so we start like, and so you noted this out the gate, I think that every time, every time we are to understand that we are in Cuba, which clearly the show is not, they didn't fucking fly no, anybody no. to Cuba. This got filmed on a back lot in Southern fucking California. <laughs> yeah. Um, every time we cut to a scene in Cuba, there's like Spanish guitar music in the background <laughs> yeah. and it's like, oh, 
Hello, welcome to Central American country. <laughs> it's, uh, I like I said, I'm not sure if music can be racist, but if it can be, this is racist <laughs> music. <laughs> and and everyone's wearing white suits and has aviator sunglasses on. And big and... floppy hats like you do. It's like Hannibal Lecter, like we fade out <laughs> at the end of Silence of the Lambs. Exa- it's Hannibal Lecter. That's exactly <laughs> what Leo's wearing. He is wearing yeah. <laughs> the fucking Hannibal Lecter tourism outfit. Oh my gosh! Yes, because Leo is down there uh, in the in the present. We also get flashbacks to 1995 when Kate was there for CIA related reasons or NSA. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so Leo is currently there to have secret talks with the leadership of Cuba, which includes Fidel, which is why we get the fake Fidel. Although Leo does seem shocked on meeting him, like he wasn't expecting to actually meet Fidel himself. Yeah, and I think the implication is that Fidel wouldn't risk a meeting. Like, like Fidel himself wouldn't risk a meeting sure. of this level. Like, he would be using similar back channels. Like, it's not fucking President Bartlett. It's right. Leo. He's not even technically in the administration. Anymore. Right. Technically, yes. Um, so, yeah, it's... But then, yeah, he actually meets with Fidel, and they basically... And Fidel is like, yes, I am open to talks... And, and this was is what lets them get kind of the ball rolling because by the end of the episode, Bartlett is announcing like, yes, we are going to engage with Cuba and it was a mistake and times will change and they must change and, you know, sweeping rhetoric and, and, and all that kind of thing. And, and blah, 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 et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the typical West Wing thing, if you will. Yeah. So they ba- basically the this gets the... Let me, let me back this up. The conflict is this process is at risk of being derailed mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. the news leaks right, that this is happening. Right, because of discovery. Right, making the secret talks not so secret. Uh, yeah, and, then, and so there and is... The, the Florida, the, the primaries are kind of half derailed because the Florida Cubans are up in a riot and we get this Florida senator who's... Oh my God. <laughs> Fucking we'll get, Brian we'll Dennehy... <laughs> Brian Dennehy oh, makes an appearance as a shitty Florida senator. The acting is incredible. The character <laughs> is written so well, and and I I love him. Uh, everything about him, from his insistence on fresh orange juice being brought to him, to the whack, the uh, rank misogyny just constantly on display. I see leers at his assistant's ass <laughs> yeah. after she yeah. gives him the orange juice, and openly he might as well be like pawing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Ugh. then tells and then tells Cliff Cali, eh, what an ass, eh, buddy. <laughs> so that that shit, and you know, we're we're all over the place here because this episode doesn't deserve a serious treatment because it's just so fucking stupid, and like <laughs> all of this, in as you said, in classic West Wing fashion, all of this conflict is sort of ginned up and then ginned right back down, right. In the course the, of the episode. Yeah, this is why it's always like a press debacle or like a PR nightmare or whatever. And I get that a lot of the White House is managing press and whatnot. Sure. But it's, it's always just like, oh no, the light of day. You know, that's our greatest villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is fundamentally fucked up, I'd like to add. Like, yeah. That's, if, that's if, a weird attitude to take. If, if transparency is this much of a problem to to politics, maybe we're doing politics wrong. Yeah. Well, and uh, like ultimately, the the conflict becomes 
not even necessarily about the normalization of Cuban and American relations. It's about how the press will like contextualize it and then use right. it to do like to fuck up the primaries and the, right. the upcoming presidential election They're They, they sort of just gloss right over the actual international relating into yeah, like the, the consideration of it. Yeah. We don't get much of the sausage making of the actual deal of, of like what's being exchanged for what? Yeah, what are you what are you helping me out with? Like, how do right. we get back on a normal we get, footing here? We get basically nothing of that, and just sort of you know the concept being pitched of like, look, relations will start, and then you know from there it all happens off screen, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, where where to start with this? Uh, uh, Let- well, you brought up how they they bring it to the primary. Let's let's circle back to so Toby in the middle of the episode has to do like a press conference uh, because like you said the leak happens about the talks mm-hmm. with Cuba uh, or no Fidel's health is the real leak right? Uh, they all freak yes. out about because like a report comes out that Fidel might be dying. And uh, and in a brilliant aside, <laughs> when someone brings it up to Bartlett, Bartlett's like, "Oh, Castro's always dying. He's been dying for like five decades. Like, fucking get over it's it." True. He has <laughs> it's true. He's always been dying. And it's like, yeah, of course. Like, in, you know, in some philosophical way, aren't we all dying? You know, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, man. Whoa. <laughs> but like, of course, you know, Fidel lived to a ripe old age, and like all these like Fidel. I remember these coming out in the nineties. Oh, for all, sure. All the fucking time of like oh Fidel's dying or like oh did the CIA poison him which hey yeah probably if he if he died unexpectedly I think that's a safe assumption but but B no he just he died of a natural causes after a nice long life you know so all this all this panic was always for nothing uh but yeah, yeah it start it sparks a press conference and Toby asked a val- <laughs> all these reporters are like, but what about the primary? But what about the primary? And Toby actually does do a decent job because, you know, his arc is yes. progressing yeah, absolutely. As, as press secretary of shutting it all back down and being like, look, I'm, I can't tell you that you have they have their own press. Go talk to the primary press people if you want to know the primary's view on everything. And then one reporter's like, OK, so here in D.C. And he's like, haha, thank thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Excellent. Glad to address those questions. Yeah, so yeah. Toby is getting better at being press secretary, but it does show how just, like, the press spins everything in this most, like, panicky, because that's what sells, right? You know, those are the kind of headline, headlines that sell papers or clicks nowadays. Well, and ultimately, that's what the show wants people to think about it, and or, excuse me, wants people to think is important, right. too. So right, they, is that I mean, side this of is, it. Yes, and this could have... this The entire scene with Toby could have been written out of this episode like with the stroke of a pen but what they want to do is set the stage for the fact that oh well you know there's a lot of scrutiny going on right Right. now so the whole cuba thing is just you know there's a big old spotlight right and the part of being hard men making hard decisions is having to deal with these fucking jackals of the press corps constantly nipping at your heels while you're trying to make you're just trying to make good sausage god damn it and yeah, no, and you dead. can't. And no, you can't see how it's made. You wouldn't like it. Yeah. How how dare you ask process question? This goes throws back to last episode where it's just like, yeah. ask me We're a dying. policy question. We're dying no, wait, for not a like policy that. question. No, not that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 
let, let's let's dial back to like hard men. So Brian Dennehy guest stars as <laughs> Senator Framhagen. Oh, first of course. Off, what a name. <laughs> like, yeah, great. One of two senators, obviously, from Florida. It, it rhymes with ham. <laughs> <laughs> and and the the man looks like he smells like ham. <laughs> Yeah, does a real good job in a sleazy ass fucking role as this guy. So, Cliff Cali, mm-hmm. awesome, great to mm-hmm. see him getting more uh, screen time, filling right. out his suits very nicely. Um, mm-hmm. He's our new Josh, and uh, he has been as- assigned by CJ to to go over there and deal with him because the senator is calling the president to bitch about you know the the, the Gusanos freaking out basically. Uh, and so Cliff goes over there and is like, okay, what's the fucking problem? And, and Florida Senator Man goes on this great fucking tirade of just about how, like, you know, <laughs> Castro is just so evil and he took so much from these noble, noble slave owners. And <laughs> <laughs> these people who, even after all of their property was expropriated, somehow managed to just fly to Miami and start a new life. Right. But, you know, he pitches as they came here with with nothing in one hand and their dreams in another, you know, seeking the American dream, you know, the noble pitch we get. And Cliff just comes back with this great thing of, like, why are we wasting so much fucking mental bandwidth on what this, like, sliver of a fraction of fucking weirdos wants or cares about? Like, why do we give a shit? (laughs) And he's like, no, don't you get it? They'll sink your ass in Florida. It's like, you know what? Just fuck Florida. Just write it off. It's a red state anyway. (laughs) Well, and uh, again, as a person of Florida, you are speaking from experience here. Yeah, well, this is back when Florida was purple and was a huge battleground state and therefore Mm -hmm. mattered. But in reality, the Florida Democrats have just, like, completely fucking abandoned the state in, in all regard, and like complete, and the state's red now, and it's Trump land 100%. And there's like, it's it's naive in a way for them it's, to like, yeah. But Cliff is right. Like, why why care yeah, about why, the Kusanas? Like, who, who fucking cares about the Kusanas? And to me, this, this always strikes me as incredible after it was. Now, the, the, it'll this is sound a Democrat conspir- senator from Florida, by the way. Yeah, and it, it'll yeah. sound conspiratorial, but <laughs> which like, is a hilarious thought in and of itself. Im- imagine thinking about Florida in that way after the 2000 election, like the the again the conspiratorial part is just like it was set up to be that state that that election law framework and that circuit court. And mm-hmm. then that Supreme and Je- Court. And Jeb Bush oversaw the whole and thing. And Jeb Bush, the guy, like, it was, if you saw that in 2000 and ever thought of Florida as, like... But, but Stu, Obama won it twice, don't you see? That means it's actually a super battleground state. <laughs> and not just the Democrats getting their one-wave election that they get every, like, 50 years. <laughs> When they and, finally and I don't stumble know. upon a popular <clears throat> candidate. This 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 benefits from 20 years of hindsight on my part, but it's just like, come on, give me a fucking break. And sure, and to be completely fair to the show, like we're roping this back in here, like Brian Dennehy's character, the senator, is a fucking asshole. Like yes. he's a he's yeah, the he most Yeah. 
just disgusting jerk is, in the world. He has portrayed the most negatively the show will ever portray anyone, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a lecher, he's a drunk, you know, he's he's a boor, he's interfering with the Democratic Party's but that, agenda. But then the show also goes, but this drunk asshole has a point. But the, 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 <laughs> po- the, the point the show agrees with is the stupid point. Yeah, and well, so... And where where this goes, because, you know, we, we were wondering kind of like, what the fuck, why are they bringing on a absolutely A-tier actor to do this? What what he hints at in his first conversation with Cliff Callie is that a, quote, NSA gal in the White House is Knows what's something. like causing problems and like yeah. he's mad, he's pissed yeah. off. And she she knows some stuff and she could have like prevented all this or something like that is basically so what he's mad about. And and basically it's that NSA gal, like parentheses, it's Kate Harper. Mm-hmm. He never says it. Uh-huh. So everybody is met to understand, which is again, sort of like, it's it's like the, it's like the fifth graders attempt at subtlety in writing. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> at, at one point CJ goes, why is this whole town just one giant game of fucking telephone? And like... <laughs> And like, great question, CJ. Why is the town that way? (laughs) Really great question. So we don't ever, like, for some reason, then everybody's just like, oh, what's up with Kate Harper? Cool. And then CJ pulls her file. And as you noted, it's just a giant file. It's like an SCP document with how much (laughs) fucking redacted there is. Like, oh, no, oh, no, this, this thing bad, and this picture, maybe her? Like, it's like, it's like a, it's like a dossier rather than, it's something, it's something out of a noir film. It's fucking ridiculous. And so we're led to understand that Kate Harper, this sort of like awkward, geeky, like blob person, international relations one was totally, definitely like femme fatale level James Bond operative in the past. Yeah, totally. She was a brunette back then. It was 95. She was fucking hardcore. And she she totally cooed like three or four countries that you'll never get to hear about until they're declassified in 50 years. So to to give the show a small bit of credit, we have had these drops in multiple episodes now of like drip, drip. Kate of Harper, like, real badass. Yeah, Kate yeah, Harper, the, real like the, hard the pre- operative. The previously ons give us like all of the drip drops of like where she's like, "Well, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you." And everyone thinks she's joking, but no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, and it's just so. I think the big, the glaring part is the. The show is trying to rope a little bit of the like, I don't want to say action genre in here, but they're trying <laughs> a, to add, a, like, It is absolutely like a, a, li- a little bit of 24 is yes, trying to get yes. injected in. Absolutely. Like, everything with the flashback with Kate and everything is super, and, like, how she meets with that Cuban contact and everything is super 24-inspired. Yeah, and so you can see what they're trying to... Like, I think what they were, like, attempting to do, and again, a very ham-fisted way, but it, it just doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. It, who, who cares if that was, like, in the past, okay, 
It's weird so now for the show to invent so much, like, reality for itself, basically. It normally doesn't try to do that too much. Yeah, I can and see. I, and I, I think there's a good reason for that. As much as we give the show crap for, like, well, why don't the Democrats do more? Well, then they'd have to, like, world build harder, and then it gets weirder kind of thing. So it, it is actually better that kind of for the show, for them to actually do nothing. Because, like, if they had healthcare, you know, it's a different show. Kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. And I think I actually, when we were watching it, I think I mentioned to Emma at some point, and I, I can't recall when it was, but there was a point in the show where it's like, and and this is uh, extremely noticeable that canonically 9-11 did not happen. Right. In, in the West Wing universe, all of this is happening outside of the real world reality of right. 9-11 happening. Right, like, they do sort of talk about, like, terrorism more a little afterwards, but it is, uh, yeah, you're right, it, the, they made 9-11 specifically a non-canon episode in a very yeah. Odd, oh, yeah, yeah. odd choice. <clears throat> yeah, and, I mean, ultimately, like, I think that's also part of the, in this case, like, a deliberate avoidance of real world building of being like oh like holy shit we're gonna have to change a lot of shit if right. now we have the department of homeland security in our like world's view right. here like exactly so yeah they they do just kind of sidestep that but then it does lead to awkward situations like this where now they're trying to invent some like backstory or reality or world building or whatever you want to call it but all this stuff that kate did that is now like having dividends in the modern day or something like that. And it's just, yeah. it just comes across as cheap and awkward and <laughs> and cheesy and, and all that sort of stuff. Well, and I think because at this point they they did the thing with the assassinate, the assassination of what's his name? Um, Sharif. Sharif in the past. And that was like their foray. I feel sure. like into acknowledging that this is now the, it's the 21st century, I don't want to say, like, battlefield, but, like, this is the reality of international relations in the 21st century. And it's almost telling because it's just like, guys, guess what's not the fucking 21st century battlefield? It's fucking Cuba. Like, <laughs> good luck yeah. making a story about Cuba being important. Yeah. Like, in, in your frame of reference. Yeah, Cuba... Like, Cuba is always not really mattered on like on the one hand obviously there's like the cuban missile crisis and all that stuff but then like after that like post bay of pigs cuba until like the modern 2014 re actual re-reconciling like cuba didn't matter you know cuba's just yeah. off doing its own thing yeah and i mean it it, sounds... it, wasn't, it wasn't hurting nobody it wasn't <laughs> you know no, but nor was it like you know helping everybody either it was just focusing on itself and that's fine that's what countries should do arguably yeah and um the like the only time it was actually ever a material threat was a when the soviet union was invested in right like and their missile was, program. It was just a proxy at that point. It's you know? totally a proxy and it was it was not Cuba's fault. Yeah, and, and also like to to the thread titles thing, it's the only reason anybody knows this is because it's so close. It's right. ninety miles away. The, exactly. the proximity is what really matters. And then it's just it's all convenient. Whatever the current administration finds convenient, it's going to use and write Cuba in as like either 
oh, as we're making progress, or oh, right. this is a threat, right? Type of thing. So yeah, anyway, let's show, take a brief the show break. Has it both ways essentially? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it refuses to commit, obviously, which I'm going to comment on briefly. But I got to take a break here to recombobulate my thoughts briefly, and we'll be right back. <laughs> So in a series of slightly convoluted like flashbacks and flash forwards, we suss out Kate's story of what the fuck is like why why we give a shit about Kate all of a sudden because the White House in present time sends her to like see what the fuck is actually up by meeting with a former colleague in a bar uh who uh, who apparently you know did not know she was uh CIA slash NSA the first time they worked together yeah, yeah. that, that kind just of colleague some, <laughs> some great operational intelligence here like oh yeah um we're both undercover <laughs> like what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so they, they meet up and there's like a series of interactions in a, like a, you know, the fucking stereotypical CD bar mm-hmm. or whatever that we find out that in this god awful flashback series that Kate actually like found Leo like drunkenly like returning to a car from when he was last in Cuba in 1995 and she was there too. Right. It's yeah, it's very awkward. He's yeah, he just he's drunk and she's like, "Okay, let me just drive you home." And he's like, "All right, whatever." He's just drunk. And like I don't get the point of this meeting at yeah, all. <laughs> because what because what what, what actually this, happened? What does this add the fa- to the fact that like, "Oh, I saw Leo in Cuba." Like that's it. It's treated like a big shocking revelation, but like I don't get it. I think I think the implication is that because you the, weren't supposed to be there, or like in the context American? of the show, like maybe maybe Leo was there and had a chance but fucked it up uh, because he got early so drunk. Yeah, maybe because I mean, nineteen ninety five. You know, you're what four years on from the Berlin Wall being down. Like I I guess maybe. I, I really don't know. I don't see any other points, so I'm willing to roll with that. Well, and the implication is that, like, and I don't know, like, why does Kate have a wig on? Why does she have a black eye? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, Kate's a brunette. Like, and then to be fair, the the her contact earlier is like, you used to be a brunette back then, just so that they can have this moment. I don't know. Again, it all feels very cheesy. It feels like it's from a different TV show. And And ultimately, it's it's all in service of the question of like why like why do we care what happened and i think if i'm being as generous as possible because the only one of the few positive notes in addition to the bug derail which we'll get to oh, yes. that i had about this yes. was that i i really liked leo and kate's sort of they have like Dynamic. this sort of not not frosty but like 
mutually respectful but also suspicious kind of yeah vibe yeah. between them and then they do it throughout the show it's great episodes going well and then they just do this fucking flashback where Kate's in a wig, Leo's a drunk, they're getting in like a 55 Chevy to like f- flee some mansion in Cuba, and they just make it so explicit. It's just why. Yeah. You could have just left it. It could have been them. It could have been good. <laughs> well. Yeah, it, it could have been. That's really what I this mean, episode title should be. <laughs> it could have yeah. been good. <laughs> it, and it just seems so. I think I had a note about this with the Brian Dennehy character too. It just seems so condescending. Yeah. To every single party. Oh, absolutely. Somehow. This one is like, so much more like played to the cheap seats than most episodes. And I think that's what makes it so insulting and cheesy and whatnot. Is that it's just so blatant about like, this guy's a bad guy. And these are our good guys. And like, it's just, I don't know. Well, and you, you had mentioned all of a sudden Leo speaks Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and obviously, you know, he doesn't actually, you know, but they, all of a sudden he's fluent in Spanish because in Cuba he could just speak it now, apparently. Yeah, so there's a couple, like, other things that happen in the episode. Because, again, ultimately, none of this matters. The The press basically moves on. Senator Gusano is somehow right. mollified because he and Leo were old army buddies or I blah, get, blah, blah. I guess. And then, yeah, the White House gets their win and, and proceeds with diplomacy with Cuba. So it ultimately lands on a decent moral position, at least. At least we can yes. say that. It's not more warmongering and cold warrior yes. bullshit. It's it is the abandonment the- of that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is which is which great. is good. good. Great, like, cool. Great. Check mark. You passed that. Uh, too bad you didn't make an entertaining episode. Yeah. Well, Although, I don't know. Then they lean th- this bit with yeah. the, with the bugs. <laughs> if, uh, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> oh my gosh! So in our other subplot, literally out of nowhere and clearly just written for comedy, uh, the the White House has termites apparently. Who knew? <laughs> so it got to like, it's basically just like any sort of sort of sitcom esque thing of like dealing with the termite guy and like and just sort of. But Charlie's doing it, and he's like, "No, you can't rip off the mural from the mural room to check for termite damage," <laughs> and and sort of like respect for the building, all this kind of liberal BS. But then, but then we get these two entomologist types who are like. Who want to study the termites because they have all this data about how they can extract, you know, historical knowledge from the from the termite patterns or or whatnot. Or it, I mean, y- you know, and they just go into all this bug trivia and it's great. And they are like, wa- yeah. they the best part is they are just like waiting with bated breath for the possibility that Charlie might not just like have the termites exterminated. <laughs> Give, give them unprecedented access to the bugs of the White House. <laughs> yeah. And they're, like, on the edge of their seat, like, oh, please, oh, please, oh, God, please. <laughs> yes. This would just, like, make my whole life. <laughs> and and look, I love bugs. I sat out, last night I sat outside on my deck just watching the bugs that showed up. Had a great time for, like, three hours just sitting there drinking yeah. and watching bugs and, show up. And these I guys, love bugs. These guys make some extremely salient points about how they enable biodiversity and how the bugs dying off would be a really bad sign. And lo and behold, yeah. look where we are now. 
Yeah, wow, nothing like that is happening in 2022, not at all. So, they are entirely on point, although it's played 100% for comedy. And it, to be fair, it's good comedy. Yeah, and the other little bit, there's a couple things, moments with Margaret, who is like my absolute favorite bit character, where she is really weird. Margaret is a freak. <laughs> it's great. She is like analyzing CJ's handwriting and is like, yeah, you know, you might have psychopathic traits. <laughs> 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 Which, I mean, yeah. she's chief of staff of the White House, so absolutely she has psychopathic traits. Yes, definitely. You, you can't get there without being <laughs> that way. Yeah, she tries um, to get Margaret to, like, forge her signature and stuff. She's like, well, you can do the presidents, which is a great little callback. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, I mean, I guess just, like, ultimately, again, none of these things go anywhere. And it's very... I don't know. I say, I had this note that Nobody ever takes any position. Not really. And Toby can't figure out his shit. And they're just making up shit left and right. I mean, Bartlett. Like, writing random things. Bartlett ultimately does come around to just like, yes, we should talk to Cuba. And it, it apparently has held, held that view the whole time. But, yeah, everyone <sighs> just, else... Dude, the stroke of a pen. Like, fucking go for it. You just spent episodes and episodes telling us that you know you've got 364 days or whatever basically this tells me that the show's idea of diplomacy and uh, to be fair this could be an accurate view of it i don't know is that diplomacy is just confirmation you know really trying to confirm things like 100 percent before you actually do an action because that's the bulk of the of the problem of this episode is just confirming that both sides want the same thing yeah I just, I, I also, it just seems like the, the consequences of taking action here are just so slim. And we've, so we've minimal. said, yeah. why do we give a fuck yeah. about the like, Gusanos? Like, who cares? Like, what are they going to do? Like, I don't, like, revolt? Like, you know, like, what's the problem? Yeah, like, oh no, there's, might, you know, oh, 60 or 70,000 people. They might vote differently in an election. Oh no! <laughs> like, what's the problem? Uh, yeah, and I mean, it really just sucks because Cuba rules, and I just—it's so—it's just so United States oh, yeah. to sort of just like blunder ass backwards oh, yeah. into like and, the worst possible arrangement oh, yeah. of the coolest fucking things. And despite the fact <laughs> that the episode does end on like we need to talk to Cuba, they still frame Fidel as like an evil communist dictator <laughs> like 100 percent, the framing is like oh that fucker fidel you know with his commie fucking shit and his revolution and oh my god they, they they took our land they took our factories and they freed our serfs they re i mean they really, our, our workers they really make it seem like fidel is just like the goddamn devil but we need to talk to the devil damn it that's our job as liberals <laughs> i had when I was, I'm going to tell a brief story here. When I went to Cuba, um, because long story short, my in-laws have do some foundation work and preservation work down there. So we had an opportunity to go. Anyway, we went to out to the beach at some point because everybody does. They want to. <laughs> there are still I mean, like official it's, miners. It's an island. How can you not find the beach? <laughs> well, I mean, you could just stay in Havana and not do anything. I but so. <laughs> We, we went out to Vardero, to the resorts, where, you know, it's full of Canadians who are basically Americans, except there's a different border in the way. So, hmm, no different. 
And we were walking around one day and one of the landscapers at the resort or whatever, a guy who was working there was like sitting and eating what was probably his lunch. I think it was the middle of the day sometime. And he had um, like a little thing of like a little tortilla preparation or, but he had chopped a coconut off of a nearby tree and broken it up and was eating it. And as we walked past, he like waved to us and he offered us a piece of his lunch. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he he had the, like this coconut uh-huh. fruit or whatever broken open in his hands, and he like offered it to us. I'm like, dude, you don't you don't know anything about us. You probably like you probably should like see white faces and like fucking hate us. And we're like walking around speaking English and, and or whatever. Still but no, instead, just totally he's just like, willing. no, I'm gonna give you a piece of my lunch. Like, yeah. what's up? The they're you hungry. Le- I mean, legit, they're just better people than we are. I mean, they're not they're <laughs> yeah. not American. Of course they are. <laughs> Like, yeah, so it was it was really formative for me. I really like just we had a great time when we went, and yeah, I would love to go back at some point if the motherfucking warhawks in the God, State Department ima- ever Im- get off our nuts. Imagine a society that like cares about its people. What a world! <laughs> wow, and I, I mean, I struggle because I've lived my entire life now in one that clearly doesn't. That tells you you are on your own, fucko, and you better enjoy it and pay us for the pr- privilege while you're at it. So anyway, that's a great note to end this episode. Absolutely. Uh, This has been a terrible episode of the show, but a wonderful episode of The Worst Wing. We hope you agree, and we hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, as always, for listening. We appreciate your comment and feedback in either one of our threads. If you found the show a different way, hi, hello, welcome. And you could email the show, if you'd like, at theworstwing69 at gmail.com. Nice. Which is always nice. So thanks again for listening, and we'll be back uh, next time to discuss the next episode of The West Wing here on The Worst Wing. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Stay safe. Stay safe. all the money you ask for, but don't ask me to come on along. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. 